The Big Bang Theory is Tearsheet's most ambitious conference yet. We brought together the best in digital banking with the best in embedded finance to talk about the future of banking products and services. Firms like Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Square, Intuit, Cross River, N26, and Galileo will be there in attendance and presenting. To whet our appetites, I spoke with David Donovan, Head of Financial Services for the Americas at Publicis Sapient and a sponsor of the event, to talk about the DeFi opportunity for traditional banks and FIs. The Biden administration's moves in crypto are telling in terms of where the market may be headed. You know, I don't think anybody would question the fact that we need regulation. I think the important thing to understand is, is that uh, the crypto market, uh, DeFi, the, you know, this, this, you know, this investment uh, class is is different from your you know, equity market or fixed income market. So you can you want to put in smart regulation that creates investor protection, but you also want to consider that it's a unique asset class. It's an alternative asset class, one that's going to be very exciting. I think that, that you know the real the real power of what DeFi will unlock is it will create a better financial system if done correctly, if regulated correctly. If, um, you know, just like the internet where there was this incredible growth and this incredible unlock, but also within that um, journey of the internet, there was, there was some fits and starts, right? There was some companies that um, had crazy valuations that went to zero. And I can think of like CMGI comes to mind, flowers.com, all those different companies that actually came public and went to zero. And that, and then again, that's part of markets, right? There's going to be, you know, uh, companies that are going to rise and fall. Um, there was probably some money won and lost in that in in that in that journey of the internet. But at the end of the day, when you fast forward to today, from like say the year 2000, the world is better off with the internet. Uh, it's unlocked some incredible companies, you know, uh, as a as a, that grew out of the internet. And I see a similar evolution in DeFi. The financial industry tends to be a straggler when it comes to transformation. Sure, the industry consumes and spends a lot of money on tech, but the business models are generally the same. DeFi is a huge opportunity and a huge hurdle. Going back to the internet, there was a couple industries that never really transformed with the internet. One of them is financial services. Financial services is the same today as it was 20 years ago. We're on ACH Rails, we're on Swift. You, if you're, uh, we have billions of people in the world that are unbanked. If you want to send money cross border, they, you know, you say you're someone who's, uh, who's immigrated to this country from, uh, you know, say Guatemala or, or, or South America, and you want to send money back to your, to your family, you know, they're going to take 10 to 15% out of, out of your, you know, they're going to charge you 10 or 15%. And to me, that's just gouging. And, and, and the fact that it may, may or may not get there because, most of these uh, people don't have access to banks and they need to use alternative services that can be predatory. So for me, what DeFi does is it allows uh, many of the unbanked people, many of the people that um, you know have sometimes lived paycheck to paycheck and get hit with overdraft fees. It, it, just, it just opens up uh, the financial services industry and brings it sort of mainstream with, with the rest of the world. 
you know, as I mentioned, there's three sort of industries I feel still haven't completely been disrupted by technology. One of them is financial services. The other one would probably be healthcare and then education. And hopefully the other two will be, will be disrupted as well from technology. Financial services firms are very much thinking about crypto right now. Mostly, it's about offering trading services to their clients. What's going on behind the scenes? They're certainly aware of what's going on. I think they've, they've um, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think it's pretty much well known that they slowed down the adoption as much as they could. Um, you know, it's, it's well known. Banks have, you know, strong lobby lobbyists in Washington and, and they've through, through those conduits have got to Congress and just, you know, not, not necessarily stop it, but essentially, uh, create doubt, ask questions. Some of the questions are good, but at the end of the day, I find it kind of interesting that when the CEO of JP Morgan comes out and says, you know, Bitcoin's worthless, yet JP Morgan has one of the best blockchain uh, protocols called Quorum, that's uh, an institutional protocol, one of the fastest out there in the marketplace, and they have their own stable coin. So to me, um, there's like anything like <laughs> with banks, there's always two sides to the to the equation, so to speak. Dave and Blue Blue Sapient work with many of the top bank brands on their digital transformation. He believes that most large financial institutions are formulating a blockchain crypto strategy right now, but they're doing it slowly by taking small steps. I think that they're very well aware that the time, you know, like everything, timing, sometimes timing is is, is everything. And it seems like at this point, the timing is right for the banks to under, you know, it's kind of like if you can't beat them, we got to join them. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're at that place right now. It's kind of, we're kind of at a tipping point where they're going to get involved because they have no choice. If they don't get involved, then they um, risk being very disintermediated into the, the future of, of financial services. While banks take their first crypto steps, DeFi continues to grow and attract investment. I asked Dave what he would do if he took over the CEO job at a large bank. So if I was going to lead uh, a, a large financial institution, uh, there would be two things I would do. One is I would transform my infrastructure if I was going into a legacy bank. So I would transform my, my infrastructure to be as cloud native as possible. And I would also re-architect my infrastructure to create the most seamless frictionless uh, data layer that I could possibly have. So I'll have all the information that I can monetize uh, about my my client base in one place where it can be easily accessible so that I can give the best advice and create the best optionality for our clients. And then as it relates to the the um, the crypto world. What I would do is I, I think of the crypto world in a very in very simplistic terms. We we have to walk before we run, and I think there's some some very foundational advice that we can start with that can create uh, a foundation for essentially growing the market. And what it would really be around is to focus more on the the currency that's much more mature and can underpin the ability to then use other services that can come out from taking a position in something like Bitcoin or Ether. And what I mean by that is that 
Bitcoin and Ether are, although volatile, are much more stable than um, you know some of the other cryptocurrencies that are out there. And of course, you're you're seeing rampant speculation of, of many different currencies. But those two currencies are widely adopted. There's there's a, a maturity to them that they've been around for a while, and there's you know there's a lot of factual data to support their uh, their longevity in the marketplace. And a lot of the way DeFi can work is 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 I, I make the analogy of gold. Like people buy gold as an alternative investment against you know sometimes it's an inflation hedge, sometimes it's uh, you know it's just you know, diversification within your portfolio. I look at uh, those cryptocurrencies, Ether and Bitcoin, as similar to gold, only they unlock other opportunities by having a position in them, which you then can create custody, which banks could could get, could be in the business of custody. They could be in the business of storing keys, which, uh, you know, for those people who don't understand crypto, the way you transact in crypto is you have two keys, you have a private key and a public key. Your private key is really the most important key. And if you lose it, that's really where you could, you know, run into trouble because it's very hard to, you know, replicate the key once it's been lost. So having that private key stored at a reputable institution like, a, you know, JP, you know, one of the five banks, major banks, that could be a huge service for banks, just getting in the custody market alone and storing the keys. You could also create services around once you had a position in crypto, you can now do what we call staking. Staking is where you stake, you don't sell your crypto position, you always hold your crypto position, but you can pledge that position to institutions like Coinbase and, and Binance and others who will then lend it out and pay you a much greater return from an interest perspective on your, you know, essentially your crypto borrow. So what they will do is they will, pool a bunch of funds that are that are um, supported by people staking and then they will they will then in turn lend that that money out or lend those coins out and then the the people that borrow will, will pay back interest on that borrow and then the interest will then be transferred back to the individuals or the corporations that stake their coins and and the uh, the Central exchange will will take a much smaller fee than than traditional banks. So it's a little bit of an intermediary, but not not really. Um, but you know, you could start with services just as simple as that. DeFi isn't just about creating new services; it's also about providing access to people who haven't been included in the traditional banking and payments ecosystems. The great thing about crypto that I like is that it allows for people that don't have access to banks, the opportunity to maybe do things that they weren't able to do with the traditional financial services industry. I think that's the most important thing. There's things that are gonna be unlocked that have been frustrations for not just people that are unbanked, for, but for people that are banked. I mean, just the fact that you have to wait for check, you know, three days for checks to clear, you have to, you get hit with overdraft fees. You can't seamlessly send money cross border. These are all things that you can do. You can even do them in the most safe, safest form by even just transferring dollars into a stable coin like USDC, which is, you know, which is uh, created by Circle or Paxos, where 
the where the stable coin is 100% backed by a dollar. All it is is a digital dollar. So if you really wanted to just go into the into just one simple activity as a start, you know, we to that crawling that we talked about, just creating rules around actively using stable coins as a way of unlocking financial services, we could even just start there and then we could build upon that with with other services as the mainstream public gets more comfortable with using coins versus using paper. It's clear that crypto has spawned an active startup community. Money and ideas are flowing. At some point, there's a bridge being built between the incumbent financial system and DeFi. If I was uh, getting back to your original question about being an officer in a bank, I would actively and openly recruit institutions that have much more knowledge of, of, the, of the crypto market than I do as a way of partnering with them. I think one of the biggest mistakes banks have made up to now <clears throat> that has nothing to do with crypto, has more to do with transformation in technology is they lacked people at the board level or at the C-suite that really understood emerging technologies and how that they can unlock enterprise value within their, within their company. And don't make the same mistake. Go get help. Go get, you know, partner with, you know, with, with the right institutions that understand this space that where you can create a partnership that, that benefits both and, and essentially will also unlock enterprise value for that bank. You know, it's funny, we talk about technology in other industries and we say, you know, like automation or AI or what have you. And, and people say, well, those are going to be job killers. And then there's this argument that, well, it'll unlock other jobs for people because technology will create other needs for people. So whether it be the, the prolification of AI that creates more data science jobs or creates more data engineering jobs. I believe the same thing will happen with crypto. So people say, well, crypto is going to disintermediate the banking, uh, banking as we know it. But it really won't disintermediate banking if they do it in a smart way. What it will do will create new services for banking to support. Because who, what, what would be, you know, for me, what a great business to be in if you're a bank than be in the custody business of crypto holdings or keys or security or validation. Those are all things that are that banks could do better than anybody because one one of the things that banks has that's you know that no one will ever dispute is you know people trust banks. So what a, what a great position to be in and if they advocate and actually partner with the right institutions that will help further educate them on the crypto market, then they then they be, can become an advocate for the industry and and actually shape the industry in a way that will benefit them as well as benefit all these other individuals that we talk about that, that we hope will get benefited. You know, the underbanked, the, you know, the people that are, are leaving for FinTech right now. I mean, this is actually kind of a, a nice little magic bullet that they could, you know, that they could uh, essentially nurture to bring that, you know, emerging demographic back into their institution where they're, they're leaving in droves right now because they're not happy. Dave, this has been great talking to you and really looking forward to your session at the Big Bank Theory next week and uh, appreciate Publicity Sapiens' support as, as always. Zach, thank you for having me. Tearsheet is incredible. I mean, they're, they're at the cusp of, um, you know, financial services is at a really exciting time and, and Tearsheet has been incredible in their, in their ability to 
unlock some of these incredible companies and, and talk about some of the, the great business strategies that are moving forward in our industry that are going to make the industry much better and much more exciting and, 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 and at the end of the day, help people's lives, help people live their lives. Thank you.